It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver, and we're finally going to talk about the Bradley Bill 15% trade kicker and no trade clause, and then we're going to get to a mailbag question. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. You can follow me on Twitter at E-D-T-O-O-F-L-A-T-T. And I just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so today, um, it's been a while. Uh, I know Bradley Bill, I want to say he signed the deal on July 6th. Yeah, he signed it on July 6th, or they actually came out with the contract details. Bobby Marks and the Washington Wizards came out with the contract details um bradley bill ted leonsis west Unsell jr dave johnson the um radio announcer for the washington wizards they had a press conference um just announcing the deal to the media and to the fans um i forgot what day that was but um they came up with with the details i know everybody's probably exhausted about hearing the details but you know once again i was not here um when they came up with the contract details for bradley bill's contract so the surprising thing and i know a lot of wizards fans are enraged or upset about it is the uh, 15% trade kicker and also the no trade clause. So for the people who don't know what a no trade clause is, 
is that Bradley Bill controls his own desk as far as getting traded. If he requests a trade, the Wizards, if he requests a trade, they can only trade him to a team that he would like to go to. So, for example, if let's say the Kings have a really good offer on the table, let's say they, two years from now, they want to offer us Keegan Murray, um, let's say Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell um, and a first round pick for Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill can turn that down, which I think that would be a, a, a that's just a hypothetical deal. You know, you can reach your opinion on the trade machine, whatever. But, or let's say the Oklahoma City Thunder have a really good deal. They have, you know, they have an abundance of first round picks. They want to trade those picks to the Wizards, but Bradley Bill doesn't want to go to OKC's. And you look at what's going on with Kevin Durant right now. Kevin Durant, he doesn't have a no trade clause. There's some really, he's Bradley Bill right now is the only player in the NBA currently with a no trade clause. LeBron doesn't have one. Um, Giannis doesn't have one. Jimmy Butler doesn't have one. Joel Embiid doesn't have one currently. But Bradley Bill has a no trade clause at the moment. So Bradley Bill controls his destiny. As I as I was getting that with the Kevin Durant example, Kevin Durant requested a trade, but he doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract. So he does not control what team he wants to go to. He already said that he prefers the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat, the two first seeds in the playoffs last year. But the owner of the team, Joe Sy and the Nets and the GM, they're the ones who make the final decision. Where this time, Ted Leonsis and Tommy Shepard they have to go by what Bradley Bill wants. So they can't get the best offer if down the line two years from now or even a year from now, let's say the Wizards go 37 and 45 and Bradley Bill's unhappy, they have to send Brad where he wants to go. So let's say Brad wants to play with Jason Tatum and his best buddy or you know play with the Celtics. He could force a trade there and we would have to listen to his demands. We would have to go by him and the Celtics, they might not even have a good offer. We just have to take whatever pick, whatever late round pick or whatever players that they offer. So it puts the Wizards, Bradley Bill has leverage on, on on a trade, on being where he wants to be traded. He controls his own destiny in that part. And it, and it hurts the Wizards. If they want to start a rebuild, they can't get the best deal or the best package they would like. Let's, for another example, if the Hawks want to trade us John Collins, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, and a couple picks to bring in Bradley Bill and pair him next to DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, it's just a hypothetical. And Bradley Bill doesn't want to go to the Hawks. He could turn that down. So we would have to basically... He, someone has the Wizards in a stranglehold or someone in a, in a chokehold, quote unquote, of controlling his own destiny. Now, Ted Leonsis said, I want to bring up the quote here from Ted Leonsis here. Ted Leonsis, he said, I'm going to put up the quote here on Twitter. He says, um, I wish we had a relationship like you had with your players. This, this is what he said about what rival league owners have said to him since resigning Bradley Bill on a Supermax deal. I don't know if they said that to him or not, you know, but, um, and then he says, Quote, Bradley Bill, he does not want to be traded, and we don't want to trade him. So this is what they're saying now. So that's just the disadvantage there for the trade clause, which I'm not a big fan of. Giving Bradley Bill a quarter of a billion dollars, 35% of the salary cap, and also throwing in a 15% trade kicker and a no trade clause, I just thought it was a little overkill. I thought it was a little unnecessary. I'm happy Bradley Bill got paid. I'm happy he has generational wealth. Um, he, he has a nice family. He does a lot of good things in the community. Um, he's been a great player, 10 years of service. So to even qualify for the deal, you have to have eight, eight years of service or, or 10 years of service on the same team to have to be eligible to, to get a no trade clause. That's what you have to do. So guys, if Kevin Durant went, went back to OKC, he would be eligible for it. If LeBron went back to Cleveland, he would be eligible for a no trade clause. And you look at the names that are included in guys that have got no trade clause, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Dun Tim Duncan, David Robinson, John and John Stockton, and LeBron James. Now, those guys on this list, 
have more decorated accolades than Bradley Bill. Those all those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Bradley Bill, depending on how he finishes his career, maybe he could make it to the Hall of Fame if he can make probably three or four more All Star games and, and a two. I would say at least two more All NBAs. He could possibly make it to the Hall of Fame. But um, yeah, he, he just comparing him to those guys on the list. Those guys are just no question Hall of Famers on that list. And Bradley Bill's a good player. I just don't see him as a number watch, number one option on a championship team or on a legitimate championship contender. I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a number two option. I think he's a 1A or I think he's a 1B. He's a 1B. He's a perennial all-star, three-time uh, all-star, one-time all-NBA. Now, he has to live up to this deal. He just has to. The fourth quarter in the clutch, he can't miss any free throws. He can't miss any technical foul free throws. He can't slip and fall over his feet and dribble the ball over his feet in the clutch in the last two minutes of the game. He has to step up and live up to that contract. You know, we gave a big contract to John Wall, a big contract to Gilbert Arenas. Those contracts didn't end well because of injuries. Bradley Bill has a chance to prove the Wizards right on giving him that contract. He does have an opportunity to do that. He just has to stay healthy, has to play better in the clutch, and he has to play like he did in 2021 or 2020, putting up at least 27, 28 points a game. He's going to have to do that. He has to be the deciding factor in whether the Wizards lose or win games. So, um, you know, I was listening to Matt Moderno, his podcast, and somebody joked, the Wizards probably should have given him an ownership stake as well. So Bradley Bill has gotten a lot from Ted and from Tommy Shepard as well. And he's a good guy. He's a great guy, great community guy, um, definitely the definition of a, of a character guy for sure. Um, now, the 15% trade kicker, if they trade him, they have to pay him 15% of his salary. So when you trade him, you pay him. So that gives Bradley Bill leverage as well. When you trade Brad, you have to pay him 15% of his salary, 15% of the 235 million of the 250 million dollar I'm sorry of the 5 year 251 million dollar contract they have to pay him 15% of the year of the yearly salary when he, when they trade Bradley Bill. Um this is from Bobby Marks as well or I'm sorry this is from Spot Track. In 2022-23 Bradley Bill is going to be making 43.2 million dollars in the 2024 season he's going to be making 46 million dollars in the 2025 season he's going to be making, he's going to be making 50 million dollars in 2026 he's going to be making 53 million dollars. And in 2027, he's going to be making $57 million with a player option. They also threw the player option, which is something that we did not know. Those are more the details of the contract. The player option at the end. You think about John Wall's contract. He had a player option. Russell Westbrook as well had a player option of $47 million. Bradley Bill's going to opt into that contract. Just like John Wall opted into the contract, Russell Westbrook just opted into his player option of a Supermax deal. So Bradley Bill, he's going to opt into that contract, whether he's here or not. He's going to opt into that contract. Bradley Bill, once again, he said that he genuinely genuinely believes that he can win a championship in D.C. We will see about that. Of course, I'm rooting for that to happen. Um, but it's, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough task. It, it really is It's going to be a tough task. And he talked about guys that are switching teams and, and requesting trades. And, you know, he didn't want to team up with four. He says he doesn't want to team up with four All-Stars. Then you kind of see what's going on with James Harden and the Sixers where they lost in the second round. Um, you see even guys switch teams many times and they still haven't ended up as NBA champions. So I, I, I see what he's saying there. Um, but, you know, of course, people are questioning, you know, whether he's doing it for the money, the generational wealth, or does he genuinely want to win? Or the third option is he going to take the money and then ask out two years from now and then force a trade to, hey, the Celtics or the Miami Heat and the Wizards don't get the best return that they really could have gotten. Um, say from like a Thunder or the Kings or, or another team that has a good amount of first round picks in the foreseeable future. So um, that's my two cents on it. Um, I'm rooting for Bradley Bill to live up to the contract possibly, but the um, 15% trade kicker and the no trade clause is something that the Wizards 
Um, Bradley Bill, he he just does have leverage. He does have leverage on on that on that part. So that was it was it was pretty surprising in my opinion. I did not think they were going to throw that into the contract as well on top of giving him the thirty five percent of the salary cap and two hundred fifty one million dollars. So, um, but that's my thoughts on it. So, um, but we are going to transition into. I have some numbers that I want to bring up about Johnny Davis in his first two summer league games. And then I'm going to answer one or two mailbag questions. One is about Corey Kispert. I do want to get about get to that today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to answer a couple more mailbag questions, and then we'll do a summer league preview. So, um, But before we do get to some numbers from Johnny Davis from his first two summer league games, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the, lo- the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's that's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. Listen, they are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them gluten-free or guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving you need to satisfy your sweet, when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth. Or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, so I just want to pull up some numbers here through two games. It doesn't really give you much information. I just wanted to give you guys some context on how um, the Wizards summer league, and not just Johnny Davis, some other guys like Vernon Carey, where they match up or where they're where they're at in, as far as like rankings um, compared to um, other other guys in the in the summer league right now. There is they do have the stats on uh, realgm.com. So. Right now, to put in perspective how Johnny Davis has been through the first two games of the summer, he's shooting 25% from the from the field, which is way below average. He's shooting 20% from the three-point line. Uh, he's 5 for 20 from the field overall, 1 for 5 from the three-point line through two games, 100% from the free throw line, 3 for 3 from the three, from the free throw line, 3.5 rebounds per game. Now, he le- he's leading the team in turnovers right now with 2.5 per game. Um, he's leading the Wizards in minutes per game as well with 26.4. So he's getting a lot of playing time. Unfortunately, he's turning over the ball uh, a good amount of times with two and a half turnovers, not shooting the ball well from the field, obviously, which is what we've seen. Um, another guy, Isaiah Todd, who they're focusing on right now a lot. The Wizards have said that he's second in minutes, but right behind Johnny Davis. And uh, he's second in turnovers as well on the uh, Washington Wizards roster. Isaiah Todd is shooting 40% from the three-point line. He uh, is shooting three threes per game. Three and a half threes per game. So that is pretty he's, – he's been solid from the three-point line. The first game of the assembly, uh, he was three for seven. Uh, so he, he's been solid from the three-point line. Uh, Johnny Davis, eight and a half points per game through two games, 36th among all rookies in points per game. 
Um, if you play to qualify for that, you have to play at least you had to play at least two games in the summer league, not just one game. Because I want to say um, there was some guy on the list who played one game and he averaged like 20 points a game. Other guys, Keegan Murray's leading all rookies with 21 and a half points per game. Blake Wesley's right behind him with 21. Paolo Bancaro, 20 points a game. Those These are the guys that played at least two summer league games. Benedict Mather in 19 points a game. Tari Eason is leading all rookies with 12 rebounds per game in two games. Um Johnny Davis. So yeah, those are the numbers I have. And then just talking about Johnny again, I know it's the talk of the town and how he performed in, in the first two games. I just want to see him post up more. I said this yesterday. I really hope they call some more post up plays for him in the high post, in in the low post, on the block. I think that's just where he's more comfortable. Right now, he's just not creating a lot of separation and getting by guys. Um, and that was the concern coming out of Wisconsin as well, where he was kind of an old school mid-range guy. Um, where he shot a lot of contested shots, a lot of mid-range shots, where he had a rise over guys, a lot of contested shots and difficult shots. He was a tough, tough shot maker and a very physical guy. Played football in high school, so he has that physicality. He's showing off the defense. He did get a, a breakaway still, but just didn't make the layup. Um, so he's showing off some of the physicality there, but I, I just don't think – I think to get the best out of him right now in the summer league, make it easier for him by giving him some touches on the block giving him some touches on the left elbow as well at the free throw line. So I know it's not always – I know the consensus is that it's not translatable to the NBA because it's more about layups and threes and dunks and threes right now. But there are guys that still shoot the mid-range shot. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeMar DeRozan is a mid-range assassin. Rui is a mid-range assassin. So there's no problem with scoring mid-range shots. But as I keep saying, a lot of it is on Johnny Davis. He needs to be more aggressive. Um, he needs to look for a shot more. He just has to. He does not need to hesitate on the three. If he's missing threes, it's fine. This is what the summer league's for to improve on his three-point shot. He's only shot five threes. He could he should have shot at least 10 by now. He's hesitated and, and has been a little timid and hesitant to shoot the three. Um, so he, he if he has a little bit of space, he needs to he needs to launch it because right now the way the defenses are playing, they're closing out on him and they're still giving him a little bit of space, and they're recovering very quickly because his first step is just not there. It's just not as explosive as it needs to be to get by guys. Maybe he can work on his footwork there to get past guys and attack closeouts, but right now he's getting stuck on the island. He, he's kind of like indecisive and not knowing where to go when they stop him. near When he's at the three-point line, he'll dribble, take at least two dribbles to about the free-throw line, and then he'll get stuck and look around and look to pass the ball. Nobody's really open, and he finally gives it up. And he's done that at least three or four times throughout the first two games of the summary. So that, that's just my observations right there. Um, right now, leading the team in points right now is, of course, I want to say Jordan Shackle. I'll pull up the numbers right here, and then we'll get to the uh, mailbag question. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I want to say it's Jordan Shackle. I don't know if Vernon Carey's played really well as well. Jordan Shackle's leading the team with 15 points a game. Jordan Goodwin, 11 and a half. Vernon Carey with 11 points a game. Tyler Hall with 11 points a game. Johnny Davis is fourth. Other Wizards with eight and a half per game. Vernon Carey's leading the team with rebounds per game, seven and a half. Devin Dotson's leading the team with four and a half rebounds per game. Vernon Carey's leading the team with blocks and one block per game. Pat Spencer 
two blocks a game. And that one game he played yesterday, Pat Spencer had two steals. Um, so those are the those are the numbers right there for the summer league so far. So, um, but let's get to a mailbag question here. I've been wanting to get to the mailbag questions. This one was about Corey Kispert. This one is from Nolan on Twitter. Um, on Twitter, his his username is yung. So young Gilgamesh yung underscore g i l g a m e s h young Gilgamesh. He says. If the roster stays as is going into the season, where do you see Corey Kispert getting minutes at the two or the three, or is he the odd man out of the rotation? Um, and then, of course, I, I just want to say that the Wizards, I didn't go in depth about Todd Gibson, but this this kind of ties into the rotation question with Corey Kispert. Todd Gibson, I, it's, it's going to be between him and, and Jaime, and I'm sorry, Vernon Carey and Jaime Echenique for that last center spot. So I'll just throw that in there. Um, Nolan says, if the roster stays as is going into the season, where do you see Corey Kispert getting minutes at the two or the three? Or is he the odd man out of the rotation? So this is a good question now because actually Nolan asked this question on July 1st, and I haven't been able to get to it until today. Um, after seeing Johnny Davis, I before the draft, I was saying, hey, Johnny Davis is going to start at the two spot before Corey Kispert. I, I was like, hey, Corey Kispert is going to go. He's going to play right behind Bradley Bill. He's going to get at least 20 minutes per game. But now looking right now after the two summer league, and I hate to do this. I hate to base it off the summer league. But right now he just looks like he he has a little ways to go developing. His offensive game needs a lot of polish. And I do think if he if he has some time in the G League, I do think that could help and get his confidence up and get the jitters out. And he just needs to get shots up. He needs to get reps and reps and reps as much as he can. And I just think right now, watching the way he's playing right now, if he if he's still timid and not aggressive, Corey Kispert is he's letting it fly now. Corey Kispert was kind of the same way in in, in the summer league. He was struggling too, and then he got into the regular season. He was way more aggressive. He was letting it fly. He was attacking closeouts better. So I do think right now Corey Kispert is ahead of Johnny Davis on the on the on the death chart. I got at the shooting. I think I think I think Corey would play at the two spot. He when Bradley Bill went down after the wrist injury after the All Star game. Corey Kisper started at the two spot. So don't forget that. Um, I do think Corey Kisper is right behind Bradley Bill. And Johnny Davis is a two. He's not a point, he's not really a point guard. That's not his first, you know, first calling card. Um, playing the three is not his first or second calling guard card. He, he did play the three and the two in college, though. But I just see him more as a shooting guard. And right now, I think he can get the most playing time really at the shooting guard. It's really between him and Corey. At the three spot is Will Barton and Denny on the death chart. Maybe Kyle Kuzma at the three, maybe Rue at the three. So it's just a lot of interchangeable wings there. But I think right now, Johnny Davis, he would probably get the bulk of his minutes at the two right behind Bradley Bill. When Bradley Bill gets tired or sometimes when they have point Brad, maybe Johnny Davis could play the two. Or, you know, just coming off the bench, Johnny Davis and DeLon Wright um, playing the point guard in the shooting guard position. But Corey Kessler, I got him playing the two at the two spot. Um, played really well last year at points. Now, he struggled, of course, in the first half of the year. He shot uh, 32% from the three-point line before the All-Star break, and then after the All-Star break, he shot 38.6% from the three-point line. So he had a really nice game against the Warriors where he hit at least four or five threes in that game. He hit a nice step-back three. He he just has to be um, a movement shooter. He's modeling his game after Duncan Robinson. He says he watches Duncan Robinson film from the Miami Heat. So um, he's learned how to attack closeouts. You know, there was times where he got his three-pointer blocked. Uh, I remember one game he had an up-and-down travel, and uh, you could just see he was a little flustered. After the All-Star break, he averaged 11.4 points a game, 3.1 boards, 
and uh, one and a half assists in 24 games. So I think also after the All-Star break, he showed a lot of promise. Now, should he be playing in the all in the summer league? I do think he should be. You listen to what Richard Jefferson said the other day on ESPN. Guys, after their rookie years and their second years, they should be playing in the summer league for the majority. If you're not, even if you make an all-rookie team, I can see guys like Kate Cunningham not playing and um, Anthony Edwards after his rookie year, sure. But guys like Corey and Denny, I do think they definitely, they didn't have to play all four or five summer league games, but I definitely think they could have benefited and worked on some things. Denny working on his left hand and finishing around the rim. Um, and also Corey Kisper just working on, you know, attacking closeouts and other things. And I think Corey Kisper is a good athlete as well. He finishes around the rim really, really well. He really does. And I think he's a really good athlete. And he had a couple dunks last year. So I thought he played really well. So uh, once again, to answer your question, I, I have him coming off the bench uh, on the depth chart. I have him right before Corey Kispert. I have him getting at least 20 minutes a game. Uh, I want to look up how many minutes Corey Kispert got last year. Um, of course, his minutes went up because, you know, he started. He started 36 games. He played 77 games, started in 36 games. He averaged 23.4 minutes per game. So I would say right in line with 20 minutes per game, right behind Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill's going to get at least, what, 40 36, 37, 38, 40 minutes out of a 48-minute game. So I would say Corey Kisper will probably get about 23 minutes, 23 minutes per game. And he he has the potential to be a 50, 40, 90 guy. He shot 45% from the field last year, 35% from the three-point line, and um 87% from the free throw line. Only shot 0.8 free throws a game. So he's not going to get to the line a lot. But he does have to work on his game defensively. Sometimes he is a liability on defense, just moving his feet. Just has to work on that. You know, he was the best shooter coming out of Gonzaga, and I think he continue he can, can continue to be an elite shooter in the NBA. So I'm looking for him to get at least to 38% from the three-point line. So once again, to answer your question, I think he is above Johnny Davis on the depth chart so far from what I've seen um, from two summer league games. Don't want, like I said, I don't want to base it too much off of summer league, but of course, if Johnny Davis came in and put up like 25 or 30 points, then I'm like, okay, yeah, Johnny Davis is is going to going to be the first guy off the bench, but after what I've just seen um, the past two games, I have Corey Kispert ahead of him on the depth chart, and Corey Kispert will, will be their um, their their go-to shooter, three-point shooter, um, three-point specialist off the bench for sure. So, um, but yeah, I just want to thank you guys for listening and tuning in and watching, watching and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA. Just thirty minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. And hell to the Wizards. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.